What's up, my friends? You're listening to a new podcast episode of Will's Take on Sports. I'm the host, Will Walker. Today's podcast, 125, a red party in Tampa. Tom Brady, that doggone Tom Brady, I tell you. Dude's the GOAT. It's just that simple. Thank you to BS3 Radio for distributing my podcast across the different platforms that podcasts can be heard on. You can follow BS3 Radio on Twitter and Instagram at BS3 Radio. And on Facebook, you can go to their uh, Facebook page. Click like button. You'll get instant updates about the various shows. That's on BS3 Radio. BS3 Radio is growing, man. Shout out to Ben. Big ups, big dog, big ups. Straight up, for real. And thank you for allowing me to be a part of the family. I am also on Twitter and Instagram at WWS underscore sports show. And also, you can go to my Facebook page and click the like button, please. And you'll get updates about my show. And then on Wednesday, I will be on Facebook Live and Periscope via Twitter with a live show, 7 p.m. Myself and Mr. Derrick Wilson will be talking about Championship Sunday. I'll get his thoughts. I'll give you mine here shortly. And also maybe a friend or two. Depends on who accepts the invitation. That's simple. Celebrating 100 years of the Negro Leagues. Today, I was searching and looking for famous players that played for the Kansas City Monarchs given that Kansas City is going to the Super Bowl. Thought I would try to tie it in together. And to my surprise Mr. Ernie Banks, Mr. Cub started off his career in the Negro Leagues and it was with the Kansas City Monarchs. He only played there two seasons, 1951 and 1953. Actually that was during his service in the United States Army from 1951 to 1953 and then after he was released out of the service he joined the Monarchs briefly before he signed with the Cubs he had a 347 betting average with the Kansas City Monarchs Mr. Cub Ernie Banks Presidential Medal of Freedom recipient in 2013 from that dude yeah, I just call him that dude Mr. Barack Obama the president the 44th president he's just that dude to me for real for real all right, but Ernie Banks started off his career in the Negro Leagues. He actually did not play baseball in high school. He played football. He played basketball. And he ran track. That might have something to do with his speed on the bases uh, when he was in the major leagues. But not many major, not many Negro League stats, like I said, just the one uh, that I have come across that happened in 1953 season after he, his service in the military. Uh, 347 batting average. But he's definitely an MLB Hall of Famer because he had a very good Major League Baseball career. Mr. Cub, Ernie Bain, started off his career um, in the Negro Leagues. Um, Before I move on, uh, lost another great baseball legend, um, Mr. Hank Aaron, Aaron, the home run champion uh, until Barry Bonds recently. But anyway, Mr. Hank Aaron, one of, one of the most gracious, uh, nicest individuals I've ever come across. Um, he's just He was just a great guy. I did not get a chance to see him play baseball. I was born in 1972, so and when he retired, I was too young to remember. But anyway, um, from his playing career. But anyway, seeing the highlights, without a doubt, he just was a class act. And a lot of people have nothing but positive thoughts and things to say. It's a big loss to the baseball community, big loss to the civil rights movement, big loss to um, 
It's African-Americans, really. So um, my condolences go out to the to his family and his friends. So we lost another giant in 2020, well, beginning of 2021. So... <laughs> All right, on the games and individual performances that got my attention in the world of sports. Of course, we're going to start off with Championship Sunday. It's a red party. Going to be in Tampa in two weeks on February the 7th. They're going to start off first here with them Buccaneers and the pack. Yo, what was LaFleur doing? Why, why didn't he go for the touchdown? Why did he kick the field goal? Should have went for the TD. Um... But, hey, I guess you could look at it as one of those damn you do, damn you don't type calls, really. You know what I'm saying? Um, kick the field goal, get the ball back, the TB12, and phew, that was the end of that. TB12 did not give it back. Almost the same thing. Well, not almost. It's the same thing he did to Pat Mahomes in um, the championship game, the AFC championship game that happened in KC where – the Patriots want to kick off, and TB12 did not let Patrick Mahomes back on the field. Did the same thing to Aaron Rodgers yesterday. You know, um, Sesame Street has this thing where they say, excuse the Sesame Street reference, but Sesame Street has this thing where they say, today's episode is brought to you by a number and a letter. So today's, uh, that game yesterday's episode or game was brought to you by the number three. Why the number three, Will? Well, simply, Tom Brady threw three touchdown passes, Brady threw three horrible interceptions in the second half. Aaron Rodgers threw, threw three touchdown passes, and he also had a horrible day. Not a very good day. Uh, if you ask me in regards to what Aaron Rodgers' uh, standards are, it was just a rough day. Uh, he did throw only one pick, but he was harassed to like big-time sack numbers. Uh, a lot of well, pressure, not big-time sack numbers. I think they only got to him three times. There's that number three again. But anyway, um. He just was harassed, man. Shaq Barrett and uh, JPP, Jason Pierre-Paul, a lot of pressure on that cat, man, yesterday. They were all over him. And my bad, they sacked him five times. <laughs> Shaquille Barrett sacked him three times. There we go. So they got to uh, Aaron Rodgers, a lot of pressure on him. Devontae Adams again. Yes, he did catch a touchdown. Yes, but it, it wasn't as impactful as he has been during the regular season. A lot of short work. Uh, give the Buccaneers credit. They did what they needed to do to kind of keep him on the raft. They didn't do too well against Valdez Scantling because he got a nice nice deep ball uh, in that game to score a touchdown. So Packers didn't have any idea of committing to the running game, and the Buccaneers did. It wasn't an impressive number. They only got 76 yards on 24 carries. But they did run the ball. They better follow that same script when they play against Kansas City. Now they've used it. They they did it against Breeze and they did it against Rodgers. How about TB12? How about TB12? If he pulls this off, I'm talking about a Super Bowl win. He would have beaten Breeze, Rodgers, and Mahomes in the same postseason. That's impressive. That really is. Again, he uh, statistically, really, Tom Brady didn't have. Uh, a great statistical day, but those three touchdowns in the first half were impactful uh, in helping the Buccaneers uh, secure the win on the road. Going to play at home, first team to host the Super Bowl at home uh, in the Super Bowl era. First team to do it will be Tampa Bay. They will be at home. Pretty good. Not a bad, not a, not a bad thing. Mike Evans, 
let me say this about Mike Evans. Okay, all three of those interceptions were targets to Mike Evans. You would think Brady and Evans are on the same page. Okay, the one first interception, yeah, on the same page. Last interception, uh, I guess you could say not on the same page, but Brady was under heat. He was under heat. He just heaved it up and, well, the DB made a better play on the ball than uh, Mike Evans because Mike Evans didn't see the ball at all. He didn't. So, but that that middle one, that second pick, you can put that on either one of those guys. It did hit his hands. It just was. It was just a little high, tipped off, tipped off his hands, and it got picked off. So, but anyway, the Buccaneers and their defense is is going to be on their is on their way to playing at home and hosting the Super Bowl against Kansas City. There should be no surprise, really, that Kansas City is making a return trip to the Super Bowl. They were the best team in football this season. I picked Buffalo at the start of the season. So I rode with Buffalo um, to win this game because I picked Buffalo in the preseason. Wasn't very confident in that pick. And the reason being simply, I thought if Patrick Mahomes played, that would give Kansas City the advantage that they've had pretty much all year. If he didn't play, they wouldn't have an advantage. But anyway, he played. Patrick Mahomes, man, listen, that Kansas City team is going to be hard to beat. They are going to be really tough to beat because who do you take away? Who do you take away? Hartman? Really? No. Take away, you take Tariq Hill? No. And if the Buccaneers come out in the man to man, Tarbos come out in that same garbage that he played uh, in their regular season matchup where this dude had over 200 yards in the first quarter, he'll have to over 200 yards in the first quarter again in the Super Bowl. It'll be that simple. Don't cover that dude one-on-one with no safety over the top. I'm telling you, it's not going to work. You see, you see what happens. He had a great day against you in the, starting in the first quarter. And Travis Kelsey is the best tight end in football. It's not even up for debate anymore. It's just that simple. He stays open. I don't care about the little gimme touchdowns that he get inside the five-yard lines where they run all these misdirections and he got an underhand shovel pass and he went in his own. I don't care about all that. Travis Kelsey stays open, seems like. I haven't seen anybody cover this dude yet since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback of Kansas City. It is going to be a tough matchup for Tampa Bay in that game. Home field will not matter <laughs> much in that game. I can care less because that Kansas City team, man. And Josh Allen, he looked like a deer in headlights yesterday for some for most of that game. Buffalo jumps out 9-0 off Hartman's muff punt, gives the Bills the ball inside the five-yard line. Ooh. Kansas City went on to score the next 21 points after they got themselves together, after the offense touched the ball. that that That's Kansas City for you. That's who they are. That's what they do. They they just bury you, man. And Tampa Bay telling you you better keep you better keep uh one five on the sideline that would be my advice and i'm pretty sure that's going to be advice from a lot of people who are going to analyze this thing over the next two weeks you, you got to keep that cat on the sideline you got to keep their offense on the sideline you gotta that's the only way you can beat that team you got to limit their possessions because if you don't you're going to get embarrassed and that's just the way it is they'll be the back-to-back Super Bowl champion so no risk it no biscuit 
Bruce Arians, you better find a way to be conservative against that team and limit their possessions. That's, that should be an easy formula. So it's all red party in the Super Bowl. You know, Patrick Mahomes was just five years old when Brady won his first one. Brady's playing in his 10th Super Bowl. Man, that is that's remarkable. That, that's just an unbelievable number for one guy to be playing in that many Super Bowls. That, that should only happen on Madden when you're playing in franchise mode. But we're witnessing this real time. And then this Super Bowl is coming. This dude's 43 years old. And he still has some zip on the ball. He's still throwing the ball with some velocity. Yeah, threw the ball to the wrong team in the second half, but still. Still still got a good arm back there. He's playing on a good team, so he made the right move. He made the right move to leave New England and head down south. Usually people go down south when they're trying to retire. This cat went down south to lead Tampa to their second Super Bowl. Very good. Very good. All right, let me move my over to the NBA. Mr. Jalen Brown should be an all-star this year. Point blank period. Just trying to tell you. It, it, that's not even up for debate anymore. This dude averaged 33 points a game last week. 68 of those points came in the two-game matchup in a competitive playoff atmosphere, chippy matchup in Philly against Joel Embiid and, and Ben Simmons. And Philly got the win in both of those games. But Jalen Brown is that dude. That cat scored 33 points. <laughs> he scored 33 points yesterday. And in and, and 19 minutes. He got 20 shots up in 19 minutes. He was perfect from the three-point line. He made 14 shots for 33 points in 19 minutes. Boston scored 141 points against Cleveland. That's that's nuts. The 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 points that are being scored now. Yeah, I know it was a it was a high-scoring era back in the 80s, you know, game guys there were more quality players, but man, that's a lot of points. 141. Speaking of Cleveland, they they actually beat the Cavs twice. They actually, I'm sorry, they beat the Nets twice. One with all three of the Nets big three on the court. Why not just do quotations like you can see me? But anyway, the Nets big three were all on the court at the same time in that first matchup. Went to overtime. The Cavs won. Scored on, they scored 140 points in that win. And then they turned around and beat them the next night. KD didn't play. Load management. All right. But anyway, the Nets now have won one, lost one with their new big three at, on the court at the same time. One, that victory, unfortunately, came against my Miami Heat team, who's under man right now, as we just had. Just really been an early season struggle for the Heat. Six and nine right now. Missing key players at key, you know, during the early part of this season because of COVID, injury. It's just all kind of just just all kind of just not coming together right now for the Miami Heat through these first couple of games on the start off this 2020-2021 season. Um, bright spot in that loss was Bam Adebayo. That dude, that dude should be considered. He should be the guy they play through. He should be the guy they play through. I know Jimmy has the longevity. He has earned the right to lead his team. He wanted to come to Miami to be the man to have his team. 
But it's time for Spo to have that conversation. It's time to go through Bam. 41 points. And this is with not much help around him. No Tyler Hero, no Jimmy Butler. And the man scored 41 against Brooklyn. Now, I guess you can kind of say, if you want to be a pessimist, and say, well, the Nets don't really have anything inside to stop them besides DeAndre Jordan, and DeAndre Jordan doesn't have foot speed to keep up with Bam out of bio, which is very true. Still, the Cats scored 41 points with not, without much help around him, and he shot 70% from the field. So, Bam, in Will's opinion, is the Miami Heat's franchise player now. And anyway, it's still early in the season. Get these guys back. We can make sure we keep guys from hugging like the Heat security did to Bam and, and Kyrie at the end of that game. That was really neat. They must have forgot there's going to be no hugging now, no dapping up or bro hugging after games. Just point and keep it moving. But anyway, um, he got enough time. They really do. I tell you, a team that's not struggling early part in this season with eight straight wins is the Utah Jazz. They are right there with the Lakers and the Clippers uh, in the Western Conference. Listen, Shaq's interview with Donovan Mitchell, okay, whatever. But the comment was unnecessary about him not being, about Mitchell not being a superstar yet. Man, you nuts. Mitchell's a dog. That that dude's a player. He is he has come back better this season during the Jazz eight-game win streak. The Cat is averaging 27 points a game. That's three more points than he's averaging per game this year. And doing it uh, um, of 24, he's averaging 27 during the win, win streak. Dude is balling. I agree with Shaq's comments. If Shaq want to call somebody out, you should call out Giannis Antetokounmpo. That's what we should call out. For real. Because when Giannis goes up against quality opposition, his stats are meaningless. His game seems meaningless. His It, it doesn't seem impactful. That game against the Lakers, it, it wasn't impactful to me. Yeah, I know he had 20-plus points. Played a good game, double-digit rebounds, whatever. He still lost. But then against the Hawks, he just dominates. He, he, uh, against lesser opposition, like the Hawks, like last night, he dominates. Until Giannis can figure out that he is seven feet, whatever. Yeah, he's seven feet. And at seven feet, the way he wants to play the power game with the drive, he should try to play the power game from the post. I don't know why he just won't do it. It just just seems like he refuses to make that a consistent part of his game. And that is something he should add, in Will's opinion. It's not that hard, I don't think. Six, seven feet, man. Should be able to just get down there and just back down. Shoot a jump hook, either hand, either way. At seven feet. Just saying. Let me turn my attention across the pond to uh, European uh, club football. All right. The news came out. Frank Lampard is out. Fired. Or sacked, as they say, across the way. Gone. And that comes after Chelsea won their FA Cup match. The FA Cup is the domestic tournament that they play in season um, in England. I wish NBA would go ahead and do that. They've been flirting that idea around for a while. I think it'll be a good thing for the NBA. Give teams the opportunity to win another trophy in the season. Make fans happy. You know, just Will's opinion. But anyway, Chelsea did win uh, on Saturday and then yesterday or this morning. Bye. 
See you, Frank. Professional sports is a is a dirty business, bro. It's a it's it is a results based business. Period. That's what professional sports is. I don't care what the sport is. That's what professional sports is. It's a results based business. And when that ownership group agreed to spend over two hundred million dollars to upgrade the roster last summer, and you're eleven games out of first first place and five games out of qualifying for the Champions League where the money is, yeah. You get you get removed. It's that simple. And that's what happened. And they they they, they got talent. It just seems like that talent then is it's just not gelling together it did briefly early but now as we're getting into the, the real part of the season as games are being are coming more rapidly especially in the premier league and in their domestic cup and then also in the uh, champions league it just haven't been a quality squad just haven't they don't know who they want to put up front olivier Giroud or tammy abraham i don't know both of those guys are inconsistent most consistent dude on that team is the big kid that plays center back. That's the most consistent dude. They spend a lot of money on the goalie. Eh. Then his backup, yes, they just give up an awful goal. Chelsea's just a team that's out of whack. It's just that simple. Okay, how much money they spent? They're just out of whack. Team that's not out of whack, capture another domestic trophy in Italy is Juventus. A 2 0 win over Napoli. That is Weston McKinney's first club level trophy. Congratulations to Weston McKinney, the U.S. Soccer player of the year. Dude, just playing outstanding football for Juventus. Told you so. Told you so. To his haters who questioned that move, said he should have went to a lower-level team. Nope, but he decided to go to the, the Italian giant Juventus and play. Got another goal yesterday and another 2-0 win in their uh, their uh, uh, league, league match in the Serie A. So, Weston McKinney, man, he deserved that soccer player of the year, and he is really uh, just progressing well, should be good. And then he's moving all over the pitch. They're putting him in different spots. Yesterday he played out on the wing. Uh, he's been in the midfield and sitting in front of the, the center back. So that versatility will help the U.S. men's national team. Another sad, uh, unfortunately, there's a sad moment to report uh, from Brazilian football. They had another plane crash that happened to a club level team this time to a lower tier club in brazil if you recall in 2016 they did have a uh a plane crash with their top level team who were getting ready to go play a um major match um representing um the league that they play in in brazil and the plane went down so another unfortunate sad moment for brazilian football young americans playing top tier European football, the standout performers. Josh Sargent got his second goal of the season, an absolute rocket from outside the box. Absolute rocket. That that may get this kid going. That's only his second goal this year. He's been struggling uh, getting the ball in the old onion bag, as they say across the way. And it's been a struggle, but he's made good movement. Yesterday he was rewarded for his, uh, his movement and got that second goal of the season and his team's fourth goal of that match. Big Zach Steffens, the goalie, the United States men's goalie. He got a W in Manchester City's FA Cup win over a lower-tier team. Doesn't matter. It's still a W. It counts. And Tyler Adams scored a goal in Leipzig's defeat 
versus Mainz. Unfortunately, it came in a defeat, but hey, he did score a goal, so nothing wrong with that. All right, that's my time. That is it for this particular podcast. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to download and listen to Will's Take on Sports. I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah. Keep coming back. Keep downloading and listening to the show. I appreciate everyone that does that. I close this podcast the same way every single time. Say a prayer for somebody because prayer changes things. I holla. Be safe. Keep that social distancing up.